governments should also be much more innovative in their trade policy in terms of seeking out deeper regional bilateral deals, especially when it comes to e-commerce, when it comes to regulations and policies around data sharing, IP protection, and continue investment in infrastructure. And this is both physical as well as digital. You are listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from National and Abu Dhabi. I'm Kelsey Warner, Future Editor. Today, we're talking global trade. Getting right into it, here's Mustafa Al-Rawi, our co-host and Editor-in-Chief, with Faryal Ahmadi, Chief Operating Officer of Dubai's Trade Free Zone at DMCC. Faryal, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mustafa. Great to be here. So the, the idea of what trade could look like in, in the years to come seemed to be dominated at the moment by two or three major um, dr- factors, one of which is immediately with us, which is COVID-19 and how it's changing things. The other is the intensifying rivalry between the United States and China. And then thirdly, technology, how it's rapidly shifting. Uh, is this how you're seeing it at DMCC? Absolutely. So let me just uh, step back a little bit and uh, uh, give you a bit of background about DMCC, and then we will certainly uh, talk about those topics as well. Um, so DMCC is tasked by the government of Dubai to drive uh, global uh, trade flows through the city. And one of the ways in terms of how we do that is by being the authority on the subject of global trade. Now, the future of trade report is our flagship award-winning report that uh, we launched its third edition this year. And it precisely explores what you mentioned, Mustafa, in terms of impact of geopolitics, technology, and global economic trends on the future of trade in the 2020s. And uh, obviously, uh, in the next decade, uh, the recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the rising tensions between the United States and China, will definitely set the scene, trade uh, scene uh, in the 2020s. So the topic of trade has never actually been more relevant. If we look at uh, even before the pandemic hit, global trade was already weak, 1% down in 2019 year on year. And the World Trade Organization, for example, uh, in April of 2020 this year, expected trade volumes to reduce between 13 and 32% in the coming decade. And this is largely driven by the geopolitical tensions, mainly between the US and China, and the changing landscape of manufacturing hubs and flow of goods. And a significant gap in trade finance and trade-related infrastructure investment, which are both key to unlock new trade growth in the coming decade. So we had a lot of challenges. If we set aside COVID, as you, as you rightly say, we had a lot of challenges for global trade. There was the geopolitics between the, the world's two largest economies. There was the, the impact of um, a gap in, in financing 
to make the trade happen with sort of infrastructure of financing and and, and actual uh, meeting that demand uh, through through the ability to to provide the funds necessary and and also we had the idea that that technology was was disrupting a lot of what was happening across industries as well. Um, so we had these challenges already. Now we've had COVID for much of 2020, which is not only sort of an immediate impact on demand, because for a while, you know, borders were closed and flights were grounded and demand for many items was was just generally much lower. But also we're seeing trends towards what consumers want, what countries want, what businesses want, both on the upside and the downside, Ferial. I mean, you have on the downside, obviously, there'll be certain items that won't be as in demand or at least on a global supply chain. People source them locally, like basic food items, for example. But then there's the opportunity like healthcare. So moving vaccines around the world will boost trade in general. So I feel like uh, I'm making a long-winded way of saying this, but to your point, we had a lot of challenges already coming into 2020, and we still have to deal with those as we go into 2021 and beyond, correct? Correct, absolutely. And as you rightly mentioned, uh, Mustafa, the pandemic has actually accelerated some key existing economic trends that were already shaping the future of trade. One is uh, the recalibration of supply chains, for example, towards simplification, diversification, towards risk and resilience. Uh, digitization of the economy, yes, I mean, remote working, uh, telehealth, online education, that's become part of our daily lives now. Automation, robotics, uh, AI. So this tells you that technology and application of technology is playing a significant role in the recovery uh, of the economy and growth of trade moving forward and has the potential to increase uh, the trade of goods by $4.7 trillion in the next decade. However, at the same time, technology also can reduce international trade. Uh, if you look at uh, 3D printing, for example, or additive manufacturing, we can see that new goods and products incorporating these new technologies require uh, far more less uh, uh, parts, for example, in the supply chain. And this obviously has an impact uh, on the flow of goods uh, across uh, various jurisdictions. That, that, to me, is fascinating that the you have these competing forces, um, technology that enables uh, quicker trade, more efficient trade, uh, but at the same time uh, could require supply chains to be uh, reorganized. Um, and and it, it were, I guess these two pressures at the moment were somewhere in between and we don't know how it's going to shake out. But in, in general, from your point of view, being in a free zone in Dubai uh, and and the, one of the advantages of the UAE has been its geographic position for this globalized network of trade. Do you see opportunities, even even all these things turn out that to, to change the way that the international trade is conducted? 
Absolutely. I mean, looking at the UAE and, and Dubai, Dubai has long been the Middle East key trading hub and has become a prime destination for international companies. Uh, it's also been a pioneer when it comes to innovation, uh, technology adoption, uh, sustainability and uh, incorporation of environmentally sustainable technologies moving forward. Uh, so along with, with other smaller uh, advanced economies, uh, the UAE has certainly a vital role to play in driving parts of the trade agenda from a policy perspective, whether it is uh, looking at and participating in the World uh, Trade Organization reform or on sector-specific agreements, such as the UAE-Israel uh, Abraham Accord that we have seen right now, which has unlocked uh, new market opportunities, uh, not just for those two countries, but for the region uh, as a whole. And uh, in addition to that, in addition to investing at home, the UAE also supports the development of trade-related infrastructure elsewhere, especially in developing markets in the, in the region. And when it comes to technology, innovation, uh, these are very much woven into the fabric of Dubai. Dubai's continued emphasis on equipping youth with the technological skills needed to excel in today's world only reinforces its position as a global leader in innovation. So in the next few weeks and months, more immediately, I mean, we, we, we talked about sort of the long-term uh, drivers, US-China, how that plays out now that we have a new president in the US who, you know, will possibly continue the, the policies of, of Mr. Donald Trump. But in, in the next few weeks and months, what's what's top of the agenda for you guys um, in terms of, of what you feel will, will need to be done to position you best uh, for the next sort of 18 months to two years? So the future of trade report actually outlines uh, some tangible recommendations for both governments and businesses in terms of what they can do both in the short term and long term to address some of the gaps and challenges uh, facing the uh, global economy today. Uh, now, if we look at businesses, businesses today should be ready to adapt to a much more challenging trade landscape in the 2020s. They should expect difficulties trading across jurisdictions due to increased protectionism, as well as reduced um, trade growth overall. Uh, they need to, as we said, recalibrate their supply chain, focus on risk, focus on resilience, and overall efficiency. They also should not overlook the importance of technology. So increased investment in technology that reduced costs and even opens new markets is key. They need to take the lead in driving domestic regulatory change to allow the implementation of technology that facilitates trade, such as uh, acceptance of electronic trade documents, uh, such as blockchain, for example. Now, 
When it comes to governments, however, they really need to come together to defend global trade by finding some common grounds for progress on the World Trade Organization reform to support it to address some of the fundamental concerns and challenges that are facing global trade today. And governments should also be uh, much more innovative in their trade policy in terms of seeking out deeper regional bilateral deals, especially when it comes to e-commerce, when it comes to regulations and policies around data flows, data sharing, IP protection, and continue investment in infrastructure. And this is both physical as well as digital in order to facilitate trade in both goods and services. In particular, digital infrastructure is key. So digital education and reskilling of the workforce who will be impacted by technologies uh, such as AI, uh, robotics, and automation moving forward. I mean, picking up on your point about governments defending, you know, the idea of of global trade, uh, I wonder if there isn't a silver lining to, um, you know, what has been a huge crisis with COVID because the solution to get, you know, everybody beyond the pandemic will require global cooperation. So, you know, to the point we've mentioned before uh, in our conversation about the vaccine effort, you have to vaccinate as many people in the world as possible, as many countries in the world as possible to give that protection. And that's going to require logistics, um, storage, uh, tr- transport, um, essentially leveraging on on this you know huge globalized infrastructure that we've been building these past uh, uh, decades uh, and harnessing that towards uh, this one task. And so you feel like we've been moving away from globalization, we've been moving away from cooperation. You know the U.S.-China argument is all about protectionism, but here we have one case study, one really useful, important task that may remind people how important it is to defend the idea of globalized trade. Absolutely. So we can only get through this through cooperation. And it's very, very important to reiterate that. And I believe that forums such as the G20 summit, for example, which was held in in Riyadh in November uh, of this year, are crucial and very, very important at this point in time to reiterate this message, to reiterate the need uh, for global cooperation, the need for multilateral and international agreements uh, to to come back into play uh, amongst global leaders uh, in order uh, to be able to recover the global economy at the earliest possible. Faryal Ahmadi, COO at DMCC, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Mustafa. It was a pleasure. That's it for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe or leave a review. All that's left to do is thank our producers, Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. And thank you for listening.